0: TheYeshiva.net We started last week this mimer of the Rebbe Basilegani Khaf Aleph which is 1961 60 years ago exactly or almost 60 years ago and uh, the history behind it is quite interesting. His father-in-law was the Rebbe Rayatz the 6th Lubavitcher Rebbe uh Published a Maimer for the Yardzat of his grandmother. His father's mother, her name was Rebbe Rivka, she was the wife of the Rebbe Maharash, the fourth Chabad Rebbe, whose Yardzat was Yurt Shvat. So he published a discourse in honor of her Yardzat, a, a Maimer. It began with the words, which is from Shir HaShirim, Song of Songs chapter 5, where The writer, Shleim HaMelech, says, God says, I came back to my garden to be with my sister and my bride. That was the discourse that he published. It was a discourse of 20 chapters, 20 chapters, a very long mimer. And he divided it into four parts. One to be published for Yutz the yard set of his grandmother. First five chapters. Second five chapters to be published for Purim, which is a month later. I'm sorry, second five chapters be published three days later, Yud Gimel Shvat, which was the art set of his mother, the wife of the Rebbe Rashab, Rebbe Zinshter The third set of five chapters be published for Purim. And the fourth set of five chapters be published for Beis Nisan, the second of Nisan, which was the art set of his father, the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Bavitcher This He wrote down these instructions? Yeah, was, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he gave them to his son-in-law, who later would become the Rebbe, then known as the Ramach. A discourse of 20 chapters, which he actually said back in 1923 in Russia. Thank you. He said it back in 23, but now it was being prepared for publication. 20 chapters, and he made, there'll be four pamphlets, four little booklets like this. Five chapters, five chapters, five chapters. First for his grandmother's yard site, for his mother's yard site, for Purim, and for his father, because always he had a custom that for every like significant date, he would publish something, you know, for people to learn something in Chesedus. So that Friday, this first Maimer was published with five chapters, Basi Legani Achaisikala. That Friday, Erev Shabbos, Parshas Boy, Teshvat. That morning, he passed away. It was unexpected. He was very ill, but he passed away Shabbos morning, around a little before eight o'clock, in 770, in his house on the second floor. Shabbos parashas, Boy, Yud Shvat, Tov 1950. So it was, it was quite surreal and a little eerie, so to speak, that, uh, he gave out a mimer to learn on the day of his Ptira. To learn it, he wrote, to learn it on Yud Shvat, which was the day of his Istalkas. I saw that original, that original one that was printed in 1950. So it always has the name of the Rebbe in the front, so the Shlita was missing a Yud. It said Shlita, right? Kvayt Kedushas more Shlita, which is was missing a Yud. It was also Yud Shvat. Stan was just, uh, somebody once pointed that out, but I actually saw it. A printing, of course, a printing mistake. Nobody uh, intentionally tried to uh, cut out the word. It was a printing mistake. It was, it was, but it was, you know, after the Petir, was like, it was just noticed. Somebody took note then, and then when I saw it, years later, I was reading a diary, and somebody wrote it. I noticed it myself. In any case, so his son-in-law, who later would become the Rebbe, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, continued, of course, to publish the Maimarim, according to the will of his father-in-law. So the next, the next few days he published the next one, and then Purim, and then Beznesin, and this became the Maimar Basi One year later was the first anniversary of the Yard the first Yard site, Yudshvat 1951. The middle of the So a whole year, the Rebbe refused to assume the mantle of leadership, um, and then, uh, he refused quite uh, passionately. But one year later, at the Fabrengen of the yard site of his father-in-law, the first yard site, um, the Rebbe, so to speak, accepted and assumed the leadership of Chabad, and as is the custom in Chabad, he did it by saying a mimer. And which mimer did he say? Of course, Basilagani, the one that his father-in-law gave out one year ago for his passing. And he focused on the first chapter. The first chapter, that was his focus, elaborating it, elaborating on it, elucidating it, explaining it. The next year, 1952, Yer said the mimer again, but he focused on the second chapter. And so every year, he got into one chapter. 1961, Tav Shem Chaf Aleph, would have been chapter 11. He finished... After 20 years. After 20 years, which was 1970. Tovshin Lamed. 1970, he finished the last chapter. And 1971, at the Fabrengen, he resumed the second cycle. And he started again. At the Fabrengen, he would say the Maimon, but he focused again on chapter one. 1972, chapter two. 1973, chapter three. He went through the second cycle. He went through the second cycle. And that, with the, and the, but he didn't finish it because 1988 was the last time he said the Maimer. 1988, it was a few days before his wife passed away. That was the last time he said a Maimer on your chvat So he hit till chapter 18. So the second cycle was almost finished, missing two years. But Chasidim always continued to learn the Basilagani every year before your Chvat and usually focus on that chapter and the Maimer that was set for that chapter. So now... Right? So 1990 it finished again, and 1991 was the third cycle for the next 20 years. 1991, and that finished, uh, 2010. So 2011 begins cycle number, uh, three. Four. Right? Four. So this year, 2021. Tavshin Payalev is exactly 60 years from Tavshin Chafalev. So, that's why we're learning, they, they published for this Yutchvat the Maimarium of 1961 and 1981. Because those were the two cycles that the Rebbe discussed, chapter 11. You get it? That's the, that's the history behind this. That's why it says, Vasilagani Tavshin Chafalev, Tavshin Memalev. 1961, 1981. Now, that year, yuchvat happened to be Friday. This year it's Shabbos. This year Yurchvat is Shabbos, which is the same kavias as the year that the Rebbe Rayatz passed away, it was on Shabbos. But that year, 90s on was Friday. So the Rebbe said the Maimah before Barchu, before Kagavna, on Yutz Shabbat, in the middle of davening, in the middle of after, that's why right, it says after Kabbalah Shabbos, he uh, went over to the table, sat down, said a and then they continued Maimah. So this was Yurchvat in the evening, Friday evening, right after Kabbalah Shabbos, before Ma'iriv. And then he said, "The Maimur again, Metzuyeh Shabbos at the Big Fabregen." And both are published. A lot of changes between the two, even though there's a similar theme. But there's a lot of changes between the two. So that was Tofshan Chafala, focusing on Chapter 11. That's why we were learning. So last week we started the first part of it, and now we're going to continue. Would, would the Rebbe read the chapter of the Rebbe and then explain it, or he would right away start explaining? Oh, so so the the. The first year he actually had it in front of him, and he read, and he explained. The later years, he would say it first, but he would be like in brackets, like he would say. He would, what he would do every year was something very interesting. He would start, and he would summarize the whole discourse till the chapter of that year, in around five minutes. Always. So if it was, let's say, chapter 11, five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) it usually becomes a she'er. The she'er becomes the summaries, as though those who come to my shi'ah know very well. That's why I try to stay away from summaries if I want to get anywhere. Recently I started to ask Reb Aaron to give the summaries, and he uh, he compresses them. So let's say it was chapter 11, the Rebbe would give a summary of the first 10 chapters in a few minutes, and then he would say, and then he goes on to chapter 11, and then he would go in detail and go through First few lines outside, and then he would give his explanations. Then he would go to the next piece until he would finish the mimer. These were long discourses, like Matsai Shabbos this, that that year was around 60 minutes, the mimer. And 60 minutes, it wasn't with, uh, you know, stories and jokes and uh, entertainment and introductions. It was, uh, intense. So these were, some of them were extremely, extremely long. My he would summarize and then he would focus on that that uh, chapter. So that's why last week, Witaka did a lot of the summation of the first 10 chapters, and he started the concept of chapter 11. Altsbiseydeh? Okay. Well, it made its way into Chabad history quite dramatically. (laughs) If it wouldn't have happened under those circumstances, it would have been... um, Every mimer is, you know... So it's circumstances partly that made it... Yeah, but but really the Rebbe took the mimer and he uh, turned it into a cornerstone and really revealed layers of depth that would not be so uh, visible to the naked or uninitiated eye. Okay, so if you'll open up your kuntras, and there's also, uh, so if you'll open up your kuntras, we're in the middle of Siv Gimel, which in this booklet would be page Yud Gimel, right? In this booklet would be page Yud Gimel. It's uh, You see on the top it says, lel Shabbos, Kaidish Parshash, B'Shalach, Yir Aleph, Shvatav, Shem Chof, Aleph, The reason it's Aleph is because the first Mayim and then there was a second Mayim and Metzai Shabbos. Shabbos afternoon was a Mayim of and then Metzai Shabbos. You're looking page Yud Gimel here in your kuntras. It's in the middle of Siv Gimel we're holding. So we are now up to a piece that is... Uh, It's quite intense and quite com- you could see me? Quite intense and quite complicated. But very, uh, very powerful. Very meaningful. Very exciting and very relevant. And that's If Gimel here. This third, the third, the third, uh, chapter here. If Gimel in the Maimer of Basilagani Tafshen Khafalev. Friday night, Bashalach Yudal of Shmat, Tafshen Khafalev. Yudal of Shmat was Shabbos. He quoted, the medrash. There's a medrash rabbi in Shmois. Moshe asks Hashem, what's your name? So what does Hashem tell him? You want to know my name? It's not such a simple answer. Masay ani nikra." You want to know my name? It's not so simple. I don't have a regular name. My name changes based on my actions. Sometimes I'm called Aleikim. Sometimes I'm called Yutke Vavke. Sometimes I'm called Kale. Sometimes I'm called Aleikah. Sometimes I'm called Shindalad Dyut. Depends on what's going on. <laughs> Depends on the news. Check the news and then you'll know what my name is. That's what the Vedash actually says. I mean, I'm not saying it verbatim, but I'm paraphrasing. Look what's going on in the world and you'll figure out that's my name. In other words, it's it's constantly changing. And he gives examples. When I'm in a battle, when I'm in battle with wickedness, I'm called svois That's my name. When I'm in the mode of compassion on my creatures, I'm called, Yutke uh, When I'm judging, when I'm scrutinizing, examining, I'm called LA Kim. He goes through all the names, Lufimase and Inikra. During Corona, what name was that? We're trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure it out. Good question. Yeah. I guess names can also be, uh, functioning simultaneously, right? Now, so the Rebbe says when you focus on these words, there's actually a paradox. He says, Based on my actions, I am called. ani. The I is beyond the names. The I is the core. He doesn't just say, I'm nameless, I just do different things. He says, no, based on what I do, I acquire a name. In other words, on one hand, you're saying it's completely external to the I, I don't really have a name, I just do different things. It's not me. A person could do so many different things and sometimes opposite things. But that's not what Hashem tells him. He says, I assume the identity of that which I'm involved in. So that is defining the Ani. In other words, you would think the name is just something that constantly changes. The Ani is the I, the core of the I, that transcends change, that transcends fluctuations. So he says that that thing which is called by this name is the same thing that's called by other names. The ani sometimes has this name and sometimes has this name. So that really already tells us that this is not such a simple matter because essentially you're dealing with a paradox. What do you mean ani? The, the eye is defined by the name or the name is completely external to the I? How does it work? So that's the, the, the discussion that he's going to uh, going to be addressing now, and we'll soon see how it all comes together and the connection to Tzavayas and the relevance, etc. So let's see. We're up to we're up to Ukafisha Habal Shamtuf. You see, it's Oiz Gimel. The line starts The Line starts Mischalfois on this page here. Ukafisha Habal Shamtuf. Okay. The next piece is going to employ a lot of terminology that may be foreign to some of us. But uh, hold your, uh, stay stay in, stay in, and because it will become clear, Be'ezer Hashem. So he says, o zayin As the Ba'al explains about the seven names of Hashem, generally there are seven names, that the Halacha, the Gemara, and Shavuos, and the Rambam, and the Tairus says, you're not allowed to erase them, it's a prohibition to erase them. Seven names. They're usually enumerated, they're counted as yutke vavke and which is pronounced as Adna Al of Nun Yud, Ado Then there is Kale, there is Kim, there is Eloika, there is uh, Shin dalad Yud, Shakai, there is Tzvokais, and there is Yudkei, Yud Yudke, and uh and there is sometimes there's an opinion to count also which is actually in this Parsha Parsha Shmois Eka. So these are the seven names of Hashem. So the Tov says When we speak about the seven names, which the Kabbalah explains correspond to the seven Midas, to the seven sphere's, like uh is Chesed, Ela Kim is Gvura. Yud kei is Tiferis. Tzva is Netzech and Hoid. Shin dalad yud is Yesoid. Uh, alef dalad nun yud. Adna is Malchus. Uh, Eya alef hey yud is 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 Keser. Alekaz binah. It's different spheres. So the Barsham says, remember, it doesn't mean the spheres themselves, the characteristics of Naskim law, ersheb is spheres. It's the energy, it's the divine light which infuses the faculties of the spheres virillaza and his proof is with ma razal the khazal say alhapasik haposak be khalkarenu e love the posak says in parashah v'aschanon, ashanon moshe rabino tells the jewish people ki migoy godol asherloy elohim kroivim e love kadenoy leinu be khalkarenu e love who is a nation like this na- nation who is a great nation like this that has a god who is so close to him to this people. Has a God that's so accessible, so close. Like our God, whenever we call out to him, he's there. Moshe It's a very emotional Pasek. Where do you have a nation? He uses the word, I love twice. That has a God so close to him, so close to the people. Like our God, whenever you call out to him. Whenever you call out to him. So there's a, there's an interpretation of Sifri. That's quoted in the paradise. What's a love a love a love Eloila das. Moshe says always make sure you turn to him not to his midas. A love speak to him directly not to his midas not to his attributes not to his characteristics. A love that's why he says there's no god like our god who's so close to us whenever we turn to him. Make sure you're turning to him a love Eloila das not to his midas. What do we see from here? When we daven, we're always mentioning the seven names of Hashem. For example, you'll say, "Hatei elei kai Oznachos Shma, kai, Please listen to me. So you're turning to a name, you're calling Hashem elei kai, yeah? Hashem Shma, Hashem Slucha, Hashem Akshiva. Whatever the, the 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 terminology of the tefillah is, but it's often employing Hashem's names, and we're saying, "Please, Hashem, listen to me." This name, that name, right? Uh HaMelech says, "Dilim Elokim Tzavaos Hashivenu. Tzvois, please bring us back. Who am I speaking to? So the Sifri says, A love Eloi Midois of him, not as Midois. But when you mention the seven names, Eev Shalom Arshah Kavanehi The Moshan says it can't be that you're addressing one of the svirois, one of the attributes. ain't a love. Because that's only one attribute, it's one characteristic, it's not him. The Hagam Even though it says in Tikkun Zayar and Zayar, the introduction of Tikkun Zayar, it says that he... And his chayoi, his life uh, characteristics, chayoi are the oiras, the lights, and garmoi are his garments, the kelim. Iyu Chayoi, he and his lights, and iyu vgarmoi, and he and his garments, his kalem, are one. In other words, he is one with the spheroids, He is one mikal makoim, Hareim veins I love. They're still called spheros. They're characteristics. It's not him. So the Baal Shem says, from here you understand that when you're calling Hashem by his name, who you're addressing, you're addressing the ur that's in the sphere, the light that infuses, that infuses the sphere. That's who you're addressing. what does this mean? This means The vitality that gives life to the to the vessels of the spheres. We'll explain because the kelim have a chius outside of the earth that infuses them. Let's let, let me let, let's explain what what the Rebbe is saying here. So I'm going to ask you to take a look at uh, at uh, this uh, this page here and the source sheets. It's also posted on the yeshiva.net if somebody wants to look. If you go to download, you have the source sheets there. Here. <clears throat> you see here you have the Pasuk love. This is the Pasuk. Who is a nation that God is so close to Him like Hashem? Whenever we call out to Him. Okay. Now here is a little story. Quoted in The story happens, the night after Yom Kippur, that would be 1795. The Alter Rebbe says a He says, he gives a teaching publicly. As his custom then was, he gave brief discourses. Later he would give much longer discourses after Yitzhakislav, after he was emancipated, which would be 1798 and on. But till then, he would give much shorter discourses. And he discusses, a t- this is after Yom Kippur, after the fast, a Torah on the Pasuk, who is like God when we call out to him, where the Sifri says, to him and not to his Midas. Here's the Torah of the Alter Rebbe. You'll see when we say it's brief, it's brief. Okay, their a love is the Pardas, The pardes, who is the pardes? Just a brief historical note. Pardas is a book called Pardes Rimonim, the Orchard of Pomegranates. It's authored by a man. It's authored by a man named Rabbi Moshe Cordovero. His family comes from Cordovero, Spain. He's known as the Ramak, Rabbeinu Moshe Cordovero. He passed away, Chav Gimel Tamos, Shin Lamed. Hey, I from Shin The summer of 1570. He's buried in Tzvas, in the old cemetery. He was one of, he was a brother-in-law of the composer of Lechadoidi, of Shleima El He was a student and colleague of the Beis Yosef, the author of Shulchan Aruch, Chirb Yosef Karo. This is here, you're talking about the age of Tzvas that was filled with some of the great sages of the time. He was a teacher of the Arizal. He passed away in the year 1570. He wrote a book which is considered an encyclopedic text of Kabbalah. Really giving a summation of the teaching. Well, it's called the Orchard of Pomegranates. Pardas Rimainim. That's the Pardas. He passed away 1570, and the Arizal starts teaching after his passing. The Arizal, who is a student of his, name is Rabbi Yitzchak Gloria, lives for Tzvason two years, lives in Sasu two years, And passes away and teaches everything he taught in two years. And he passes away two years later, 1572 on Hayav, also in the summer. And he's buried near the Ramak over there. You know those blue tombstones, if you ever went to the old cemetery in Sfas, So you have Mershe you see the Arizal. Only lived two years later. The Arizal was much younger. The Arizal passed away at the age of 36 or 38. There was a pandemic. It was a pandemic. There was a huge pandemic in the Galil in the north. And it claimed many, many lives. And, uh, and Darizal was one of uh, one of the people who passed away. He was in his thirties. Ramak was much older. He passed away two years ago. So Darizal taught everything he taught in Kabbalah for two years. But those two years he revolutionized the landscape of Jewish mysticism, to put it mildly. Okay. So this is the famous Kabbalah of Darizal all comes from those two years in Svas after Ramak passed away. D'arizal now assumed, so to speak, the mantle of the great teacher of Kabbalah, and his students transcribed it. His main student was Reb Chaim Vital, who transcribed most of the teachings of his master D'arizal. The There's what's known as the Kabbalah of the Ramak and the Kabbalah of D'arizal. This is all the late 1500s. Because again, Ramak passed away in 1570. D'arizal passed away in 1572. The Baal Shem Tov was only born in 1698, which means more than a hundred years later. 1698 is more than a century later that Balsham Tov was born. And he, of course, didn't start teaching publicly until the early 17th. He was born, 1698, and he started to he became known in 1734. So that's more than a century, a century and a half after these great Kabbalists. He would pass away 1760, Shvuas Tafkov okay I'm saying this because he's gonna go through here, he's gonna go through here three names. Da'alti Rebbe was born 1745 which means he was around four decades younger than the Baal Shum, was born sixteen ninety eight. 1698. Dr. Rebbe was born 1745. Tof Hey. In uh, where he was born. Podolia, they say. A place called Okup. Somewhere on the border of Poland, Ukraine. That's zip code. Of course, later he settles in Mezherbush, where he's buried, which is in the Ukraine. But that's not where he was born. So he was born in a place called Okop in Podolia, somewhere on the borders of a border of Poland and Ukraine. So the Alter Rebbe now comes out Yom Kippur, which Yom Kippur seventeen ninety five, because it's Yom Kippur, so it's still seventeen ninety five, even though it's Tavkuf Nun Vav. It's the beginning of the new Hebrew year, but as we know now, January first is only in Kislev or Tevis, that's why I am saying seventeen ninety five. And he says a Torah. What does it mean a love, Eloilo Midosov? Turn to him and not to his midras. So he says, the Pardus a love is Eidus am Islapshin the Desesferis Dat Silas. The Pardus says, you know what, the Pardus is the Ramak. You know what's a love? A love is the light that's enclosed in the vessels of the ten spirits of At The Rebbe de a love is the Eloikus Vosin Kalim Desesferis Dat Silas. Ooh, something else. The Pardes says, "What's a love? The Oir that inf- infuses the vessels of the ten spheres of Atzilus." The Balshemtiv says, "That's not a love. A love is the godliness that's in the Kalem of the spheres of Atzilus." So he quotes the Ramak. He quotes the Balshemtiv, and then he adds the Pidur But let me tell you the simple explanation. The similar, a love is atzmas Saint sof, v'asizda b'yeden, poshut, and yeden, b'yediyah atzmas d'orich The parde says, who's a love? The lights that are enclosed in the kalim of the Esosferi of Atzim. The Rebbe, shemtiv, the Rebbe, the shemtiv says, it's delikus in the kalim of Esosferi. He doesn't use the words oiris, because it's not the iris it's delikus in the kalim. The simple meaning is, who's a love? When we turn to him, who's him? the essence of God, the essence of infinity, which exists by every Jew, with an innate knowledge, and with, through his amun he uses two words, innate knowledge, innate knowledge, interesting expression, through his simple faith. He doesn't know Iris, he doesn't know Kalim, don't mix me up, don't confuse me, don't overwhelm me, I don't know lights, I don't know vessels, I don't know spirits, I don't know axilis, I just know God. <laughs> Undas is, and the Alter Rebbe says, Undas is kroivim a love, um b'chol kareinu a love, atzmos ein tsayif, un atzmos an So that's the two a loves in the pasuk. Migoy gadol asheloyah lekim kroivim a love. Who is a nation that Hashem is so close to him, like Hashem, who we always call out to him? He says it's two a loves, the essence of the soul and the essence of Hashem. Hashem is close to me. What does it mean to me, to my core? I'm close to him, to To his core. The Talti Rebba. Atmos Saint Saif on Atmosana Hashem, they meet. Tfiliba munapshuta is mekhaber atmosan a shama mit Atmos Saint Saif. The davening of a Jew with a munapshuttu with simple faith connects, links, aligns the core of infinity, Hashem and in his essence with the core of the soul. The core of the soul with the core of the soul. That's a love. That's the two-way loves in the Pasuk. There's no nation that a God is so close to Him, like Hashem, whenever we call out to Him. He says, those two-way loves is the etzem. Using, of course, two blessings of Shema that when He asks, I need my, I need somebody sick to be healed. Who, who are you talking to? Who are you asking? Yeah, Hashem Himself beyond names, beyond lights, beyond vessels, Hashem himself, you're talking who's talking? You yourself, your essence to his essence, that he should heal the sick and he should bless the ears. That's the Torah, as he says, it's a brief Torah, so now the question is, the Ramak didn't know that love means Hashem himself? <laughs> he says, they, he says this, he says this, now let me tell you the simple meaning, simple meaning is God, okay? What was the Pardis saying? What was the bashamtiv saying? Is there an argument here? <laughs> when the rebbe said over the ma'amar mitzray shabbos, he said, "Are you going to say that the alter rebbe was arguing with the bashamtiv?" It's chayle kal rabbi chas <laughs> He says the rebbe, the bashamtiv, like he considered the bashamtiv his rebbe in prison. When they asked him if he's a follower of the bashamtiv, he said later he could have said no, and they would have right away set him free. But he said, I didn't want to separate myself from the Baal Shem Tev, even for a moment, even from Maris Ayin of Gentiles. <laughs> he's not making the statement to the Jews. He's making the statement to Gentiles, and, and, but he didn't want to separate himself from the Baal Shem So the Rebbe said, he's not Chay So well, he's arguing with the Baal Shem What's the Pardis saying? What's the Baal Shem is saying? Is there an argument? Is it not an argument? Then he says, the simple explanation, let me tell you the simple explanation. It's Hashem. <laughs> is it simple? Is it deep? Is it deeper than the other opinions? This is a very short Torah, very short Torah. This Torah, it looks innocent. (laughs) And the truth is, at the end of the day, it is innocent. That's the point of the Alter Rebbe. (laughs) It it looks innocent because it is innocent, right? But in order to appreciate the innocence, you got to go through the complexities to really appreciate what the Alter Rebbe is saying about the Pardis, about the Balshamton, and what he's trying to add. Yeah, yeah. So what is going on here? What is going on here? Okay. <clears throat> so here we so so really we're... we're I I uh, I do have to say I'm I'm nervous now. <laughs> the reason I'm nervous is because we're uh, in English. You would say we're going into the lion's den, but I don't mean it that way, because we're going into uh, territory. That is extremely, extremely uh, complex and loaded and intricate, and is some of the most complex and complicated discussions in Kabbalah and in Chasidus, especially in Chabad Chasidus. In other words, every Mimir is part of infinity and is, is is very simple and very complex. But this is particularly a suga that is could get very overwhelming. Because it deals, Mamish, with the, so to speak, the DNA of everything, with the core of everything. So I have to give as an introduction a very big disclaimer, and that is that we're, we're trying to just touch, touch on a few of the points of really a subject that is infinite, infinite, pun intended. (laughs) Not just, you know, a big sugi, but really touching on infinity. So it's just very important to understand you know that we're, we're we're trying to 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 delve in a little bit to it to appreciate it and also what its relevances. Huh? To touch infinity to touch infinity yeah. so we could be ambassadors of infinity. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have to touch infinity. What's what, what 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 is what is going on here? What's going on here is as follows. At least one aspect of it when we talk about, everybody knows, and I guess this really should have been said in the beginning, because <laughs> maybe not everybody knows, in, the fact that Hashem has names is a basics, is, is a basics in Tanakh. Hashem has a lot of names, and the names are changing. Bereish is Bar His name is Kim, okay. But at the end of creation, suddenly he gets a new name. Ela told us Hashemayim Vard is Beyoim Hashem elokim. Oh, you have a new name. Okay, shalom Aleikha. I thought your name was Aaron. Oh, you Yaakov. Okay, baruch Hashem. You know the you know the miser, right? A guy meets somebody in the street, and he says, Oh, how are you? I haven't seen you. I haven't seen you. Wow, you're here, Mama, Sheh. You're here, changed. He says, I, I don't know you. And he says, Of course, of course, you know me. Of course, you know me. He says, What? Well, <laughs> Your eyes don't look the same, your nose don't look the same, your body doesn't look the same, your physique doesn't look the same, nothing looks the same. He says, who are you? He says, I'm your old friend, how are you doing? I. He says, who do, you, who do you think I am? He says, you're Chaim. He says, no, I'm David. He says, you changed your name too. This <laughs> is called confirmation bias. You're obsessed and that's it, nothing will help. That's not me. No, you changed your name. My, my position can be wrong. So, shalom Aleichem, no, I change, God says, sorry, I changed my name. You come to this week's parsha, he has a new name. It's called Eya. Yeah? Next week's parsha he tells Ma Marshaban, by the way, my name is Shindaladyud. <laughs> Who are you? Huh? What? Shmiashem Hashem Nada. Shmiashem They never told him Yud K even though he it says Vayra love Hashem, so he did appear with Yud K That's the mime we learned from Rabbi Hillel, the long mime you remember about uh before Tishabov. What, what, the, what that really means. So the, 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 there's, a, there's a lot of names going on. Okay. That's why the Medrash says, you want to know my name? I'm nameless. It's based on the actions. This is basic Tanakh. And in Mogamara and in Medrash, when you come to the world of Kabbalah, there's a new concept called spheres. And as we learned, Shari Oyre, Rabbi Yosef Gaktilya, who's one of the great Kabbalists of the 1300s, a student of Rabbi Rama Belefia, he writes that the names and the spheres go together. Tzvayis is netzach anhoid, like I said before. So you have the zviras. Each zvira has an air and a keli, has a light and a vessel. The light is the energy, the vessel is the structure of the energy. You have music, you have the notes of the music, the musical notes, and you have the music. Somebody who doesn't know how to read notes, you look at notes and you just see black lines. Somebody who knows the music sees the notes and starts humming and smiling. Because they see the music through the notes. You want to write a book like every Jew, right? Some of you have written. So there is the or, the or is the idea, the theme, the energy. And then there's the keli. The keli is now you got to sit down and write it out in letters, words, sentences, paragraphs, chapters. And you know that's sometimes much harder because I can have amazing ideas, but to structure them, to articulate them, Right. Sometimes you have a great idea, then you get up to speak and you go blank. Why? You may have had the light, but you don't have the vessels. Right? Every Jew has a business idea. You're gonna make six billion dollars tomorrow, not today, tomorrow. By tomorrow. Yeah? But then there's the structure, right? You have investors, you have an office, and we often get we the structure kills us. Because as long as the idea is, is, is in my mind, you know, I already took over the world. But the moment I have to implement it within Caleb Everything changes. Vessels are always uh, brutal <laughs> because they define, limit. they limit, they always limit. Yeah, you come home, you tell your wife, "I have a dream," and she's like, "Okay, here we go again." Thank you for the dreams. Yeah, Kelim is very different in marriage. You have the order of marriage, the passion, the love, the connection, and the Kelim is take out the garbage. <laughs> it's very different, you know, structure. And that's where so many people get lost, because as long as the light is is light and aloof and sublime, it's wonderful. But until it's not harnessed and channeled and structured, it's not consolidated in, 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 in the real world. Everything in our world is a marriage of Eur and Keli. There's nothing successful in our world that's not a marriage of the two. Some people are more skilled at one than the other. There are the artists of the world, and there are the businessmen of the world. Right? The artists are more into Oyer, and businessmen are more into bottom line, Kalem. But all of life is a marriage between Oyer and Kaylee The energy, which is pure, more infinite, bohemian, uninhibited, free, and the Kaylee, which always brutally imposes itself and cuts corners and defines and challenges, and always limits it, always limits you. You have writers who write brilliant articles, and then the editor takes the article, chops it up, chops it up, leaves 500 words, and they say in Yiddish, a schreiber von a von A writer doesn't die from, I don't know how to do that, from, from printing errors, he dies from, it doesn't, it doesn't die from, from, doesn't die from heart failure he dies from print failure (laughs) he looks at the article and he sees what the editor-in-chief did the editor-in-chief is thinking about one thing this page can only fit an article of a thousand words I don't care if you're the most brilliant uh, giant of literature who ever lived I know my readers, they have ADD, ADHD and so on and so forth they say there was once a professor was invited to give a lecture on nuclear physics so uh, he considered himself the most brilliant physicist who ever lived, but nobody else considered him uh, on that level. So the the organizer of the event says, "Professor, you have seven minutes to present your ideas." So with disdain, he looks at this guy. He says, "The chutzpah, the audacity you have! What am I supposed to say in seven minutes?" He says, "Speak very slowly." <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, so uh, that's where that's So in, you could give thousands of mshalim of Iris and Kalim because it's constantly happening in relationships, in the business world, in marriage, in everything. Everything is about Iris and Kalim. uh Now, where does this all happen? It happens. It starts like in everything by the Creator. Every Sphera, every one of Hashem's ten characteristics, which is basically Kesser. Chachma, Bina, Chesed, Vurit, Teferes Netzach Malchus. Or if you count Das, you don't count Kesser. Those ten characteristics have an Eir and have a Keli. They have the light and they have the vessel. The light is the pure energy, which is the infinite energy. And the Keli is the structure of it, which defines it, articulates it, harnesses it, channels it, and limits it. That's the Keli. That's the concept of Eiris and Kele but who is Hashem? you're going to define Hashem as wise, as brilliant as loving, as competitive as glorious, as beautiful as ambitious, as a king these are all names that we give they're all finite structures the true essence of Ein is infinite it's undefined there's no description Which now raises the biggest question, one of the big questions. Can I and you have a real relationship with God himself? Some, and we're talking about great people, said that is the most ludicrous question in the world. Sure. You want, it's like asking if the grain of sand or the ant crawling in front of the house can have a close relationship with you. And that's even much more feasible because the connection between me and the ant is not so far. We share a lot of DNA. (laughs) Even me and a banana can have a closer relationship than me and God because I have 50% of the DNA of a banana. So when you look at a banana, there's a good shidduch there. It's 50%. There may be a better shidduch than with some marriages. I'm not telling you to marry a banana. I'm just saying that there's a close relationship over there. 50%. And with a chimpanzee? You're doing very well. Ninety-eight percent. Okay? Ninety eight percent. You could sit down, you can have a schmuz. Yeah. So you're dealing all with finite but, but by definition, infinity. What you're gonna affect it, you're gonna move it. Yeah. In fact, there were those in philosophy, the Jewish philosophers who said there's no way you can affect Hashem, you can move him. He's p- perfect. He's perfect and there's nothing you can do or not do to make any difference. Where does that leave us? So imagine, right, you want to propose to your wife the night before engagement, if she says yeah, and you say, I would like to propose, but I just want to tell you something about me. There's nothing you can do that will ever have any impact on me. In fact, there's nothing that I need from you. I'm perfect. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to clean, you don't have to cook, you don't have to do the laundry, you don't have to be you don't even have to be nice. I'm perfect. I'm perfect. I have everything. I have everything I need. But you know what? For your good, it wouldn't be a bad idea. <laughs> Newt, what do you think this girl is going to say to you? Huh? Left him some right? Go find somebody else. Huh? What did she say to you, <laughs> Mister Perfect? The guy who told his wife, you know, I never made mistakes. The last time I made a mistake was 1961. She said, what happened? He said, I thought I made a mistake. That was my last mistake. You would say, oh, that's a wonderful marriage. She can do whatever she wants. She doesn't have to work, right? Or the wife tells you, there's nothing you can do that will impact me. I'm a chayi, you don't have to come home. (laughs) You can go every Shabbos somewhere else. It's perfect, right? you you're, you're, people come to you a psychotherapist. what do they tell you she 's complaining he 's not home enough he 's complaining she 's not there for him. wouldn't it be wonderful if they both we don't need each other? All the problems of marriage would be solved but there's a new problem what's the problem well, <laughs> there's no relationship there's no relationship so there, there but I want to say there is this presentation i 'm making it a little humorous but there is this presentation of judaism there's nothing you can do for God ever <laughs> Don't think he's getting angry. He's not getting angry. He's not getting upset. He's not getting happy. Elamai, the mitzvahs are for you. You want a good life? Be married to me. You'll have you'll have a good life in my home. You'll have everything. Are you really affecting me? Sorry, I'm not in that place. You see why the mystics felt uh, the, the mystics felt that there's, there's something more here. That's why in Kabbalah the whole language changed. There's romance, there's affection, there's a relationship. God is, so to speak, vulnerable. If you read the literature of the Zohar, the Shekhinah is very vulnerable. It's feminine, it's vulnerable. There's a relationship. This is where spheres come in. What Sphiris? Sphiris means we're in the image of God, that Hashem, so to speak, yeah, relates to our emotions, so to speak. He experiences what I experience. There's a give and a take. This is what the world of Atsilas really means. It's where divine infinity is articulated within character, characteristics. So I could now relate to Hashem because I could relate to I have an identity. I have personality. We all have characteristics. We have Midas. These are called Midas. These are called Spheras. This is why, this is, you, you get it why the Kabbalah introduced this concept of spheres? There's a relationship. And not just a relationship that's, uh, that's cold. A relationship that is alive and active. Okay, nice. But one second, is it real? (laughs) We could use all the words we want, right? So is God just playing, you know, I play with my kid Monopoly, right? And I lose money. And I'm like, oh my God, I lost money. But we know it's not, oh my God. (laughs) Because I didn't lose money, I'm playing Monopoly just to entertain him. So is that real? Is that authentic? Or it's or it's not authentic. Is there real a relationship with the essence that's undefined? Or no. You know, Hashem says, you know, I'm gonna put on put a mask and I'm going <laughs> So you should feel excited about the monopoly game, or it's a monopoly game. Yeah. This is this is this is a very profound question. How deep is the connection? And the question becomes much more subtle. Does the human connect to Hashem? only by transcending my identity or not. Because if the divine transcends character, so you can't connect to infinity through identity, through limitations, through personality, through your reality, you have to leave that, you have to transcend that. Because how can the finite become one with the infinite? So I have to transcend that finiteness, in order to be able to to touch that core. So here we come to the to the to the Chazal to the Zifri who says when you talk to Hashem a love elay Midaisaf. Don't talk to the midas. Talk to him. What does this mean? What's a love elay lemidaysh? So the Pardus says one thing. The Balshemtiv says something else. It looks like, and then the Alter Rebbe comes and says, what's the simple meaning? what is what is each of them saying the pardus says a love refers to the oiris and the kalem the balsamtov says a love refers to what to the elakus in the kalem not to the oiris, to the elakus in the kalem what, what 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 what's what's going on here so now we come to the picture okay but i'm going to ask you Look at the other source sheet for a moment. The second one. That's a good question. You mean this one, right? Oh? Huh? Oh wow. OK. Fimasse Ni. says it's Kesser. Snow is Kesser, so good stuff. So take a look for a moment here. And Chavdalad uh, Yeah, 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 Cheser Das, yeah. Which go together, Chavdalad, and it's the yard set of the altar, Friday. The yeah, yeah, you can write wherever you want, you can write on everything. Okay, this source sheet, again, it's posted on the yeshiva.net, if you go later, if you want to go to download, of it, it's over there. Rabbi Isaac Luria, the Arizal. This is the quote of the Arizal. In the beginning of his Sefer, Eitzchayim, Oitzrischayim, Mavoy Sha'arim. These are Kabbalistic texts of the Arizal. Very famous opening words of these texts. In the beginning, a simple divine light filled the entirety of existence. When there arose in his simple will the desire to create the worlds, he contracted his light, withdrawing it to the sides and leaving a void and an empty space in its center to allow for the existence of the worlds. And here we have a little picture of an empty circle. This is known as the doctrine of Tzimtzum. Darizal taught that at the beginning of creation, the infinite light filled all of reality, so there was no space for anything outside of Hashem's infinity. Now he wants to create a world. What's the first thing he does? He contracts his light. He withdraws his infinite light to the sides. He creates, so to speak, this empty void, which is pictured as a circle. By the way, this picture is in the text of Darizal in the Eitzchayim. And this empty space, you see this circle, this void? This is called the khala, makam panui, a vacant space. A vacant space where there's now space for existence. Because the infinity is not filling it. This is called tzimtzum. Okay. Skip the parentheses a moment. Next paragraph. He then drew a single line of his infinite light into the void to illuminate the world. This is called the kav. You see the line that comes in, and that's the picture that I (laughs) we attempted in this other page. Rabbi Yaakov won't know what this picture is, so it's really the the line comes in. The line is very thin. That's called the kav. You see, that's a line from the infinite light that comes back into the empty space. This is known as the kav. Here we were just introduced to the Arizal's teachings of tzimtzum and kav. Mistake, mistake. It's because I'm not good with computers. <laughs> the truth is, there is in Kabbalah debate about if the symptom is a circle or a square. <laughs> You're touching on something interesting, but that was not my intention. My intention was that I simply didn't know what I was doing. But uh, once you're touching on it, but Arizo describes it as a circle and he explains why he's drawing it as, obviously it's all metaphoric, there's no physical circle, but he explains why he does it as a circle because he wants to explain that the distance from every single part of the circle, it's equidistant, it's exactly identical to the infinite light that's around the circle. So the bottom line here is, if I could use graphic terms, even though that would be erroneous, but that's what we're going to use, is this empty circle is now devoid of infinity. Where did the infinity go? Everywhere, but besides in this circle. It's around this circle and everywhere else. Of course, there's no everywhere else. But this circle creates a space before physical space, a conceptual space where there's room for something outside of infinity. Darizal said initially there was no room for a world. When he means space, he doesn't only mean there's no physical space. If I'm sitting in my chair, you can't sit in my chair. But he means something else. He means that's also true. Right? If I fill the whole room, you can't be in this room. If infinity is everywhere, then there's no room for anything else. But he also means, there's no conceptual space. For example, if somebody's giving a shear and a student proposes an idea and you'll say, This idea has no space. What does it mean? It has no chair to sit on? It has no space means there's no room in reality for it. You understand? So hat kein in, in Yiddish, is an expression. There's no space for what you said. Meaning, it's ludicrous. It doesn't exist. It has no space. I don't mean physical space. It has no space. It's it's, it's ludicrous. You'll tell me 2 plus 2 equals uh, 11. I have no space in my brain for that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Or better, 2 plus 2 equals yellow. <laughs> okay, I mean, you know, if it gets you excited, but... I I don't even begin... I can't have a conversation with you, you know? I can't argue with you. At least 2 plus 2 equals 11. I could say you got your numbers off a little bit. But 2 plus 2 equals 11. So pre-Tzimtzum, there's no space, there's no concept for anything outside of Hashem. What's the Tzimtzum? Tzimtzum creates a space, creates a concept for something outside of infinity. Okay, so now we're left with an empty space. What happens next? Darizel says, now he takes a line, a kav... And he draws it into the empty space, so to speak, to begin creation of the worlds. That's what the Kav is. That's the line that comes from the infinite light. It's obviously a line. It's a thread which comes in and starts creating the worlds. That's the Kav. Now, if this is, if this is, if, now, 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 now you'll ask, now you'll ask the question. This Kav that comes in, if it comes from the infinite light, if it comes from the infinite light, so when it comes back into the, the void, it should it should uh, undo the whole process. <laughs> it should undo the whole process. That's a great question. So Darizal answers, and he says, once the empty space is there, even when it encounters infinity, the infinity is affected already. In other words, it's not the same because there's already an empty space there. And if you see the line, the line stops. In middle, doesn't go down all the way. Because based on where this kav is, that's the state of consciousness of the worlds. Meaning, those k- states of reality that are near the kav experience God's infinity. Once you get lower and lower and lower and lower, the kav's residue stops impacting you until we come to our world which is all the way on the bottom. On the bottom, we don't feel the kav anymore. What does it mean we don't feel the kav anymore? We don't feel the infinite the infinite presence. Okay? Is that the same? So you said there's a compression of the Yeah, car? yeah, yeah. So the kav itself, you see, gets interrupted. Anything that's lower than the kav... It's huh? the law of resistance. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is fine. But I skipped the parentheses in the second paragraph. When you open up the work of thy reason when he says Hashem withdrew his whole light and there was an empty void, there was an empty space, there's a footnote. Okay, That footnote, to put it simply, created quite a ruckus. He wrote, Hashem withdrew his infinite light and now there's only an empty space. The footnote says, Lav <laughs> Classic Jewish response. Okay, lavdav. However, this was not an absolute void, for there remained a residue of the divine light within the void. <laughs> the words are, there remained a reshimu, a roishim, an imprint, a residue of the light remained in the void. So when it says everything was withdrawn, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Now, Rabchaim Vital apparently didn't write this. He's the one who wrote down Darizel. Apparently it was another student of Darizel who wrote this. It's usually attributed to a man named Ramaz, Rabbi Moshe Zakuta, right? Did Darizal say this? So many say Darizal said this before Ibchayim Vital came. So that's why he didn't write it down, but Darizal said this. This is the concept of Rishimu. There's a residue within the, within the empty space. But what does this even mean? What does this mean? I don't understand. It's like, it's like you'll give an, he gives an example if I write something on a piece of paper and then I erase it even after I erase it you could see that something was written so even after huh? like, the square. like the square that I tried to get rid of yeah. so that means that means that even after I even after Hashem withdrew His light there's still a residue erasure but this only brings out the question what, what, God doesn't know how to erase it fully He doesn't have a good eraser it's like you dip your hands in oil and then you try to get rid of the oil, and the oil still remains a residue. Hashem can't get rid of the oil. And furthermore, if He didn't get rid of the full light, so yeah, they have the same problems. What are you a tzimtzum for? If you're leaving a residue of the light, so you're back to square one. What what is going on here? So obviously, these are all metaphors to to bring out certain concepts. You understand? You're tell if you if you don't have the footnote. So you say Hashem withdrew His infinite light. There's an empty space, and that's it. But you tell me, no, it's not really empty. <laughs> There's a residue that was left. He erased it, but he didn't erase it. Okay, so now, so now, we'll be able to understand the chiddush of the Balshemtiv over the Pardus. This is where the Balshemtiv comes in. Okay. Now, this is a, 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 a very powerful idea. I'm going to say it briefly, but tune in. A love, eloila loylami of means speak to him, don't speak to his midas. Meaning, don't get caught up with the midas. Why not? Because the midas are not him. The midas are finite characteristics. So what's my relationship? So can my midas be aligned with divinity? A love is beyond Midas. He is not Midas. He's beyond Midas. Infinity and finite are two different worlds, two different realms. You're with us. A love, Eloy I speak to him, not to his Midas, comes the Pardis and says, what is that? What's a love, Eloy le Midasov? Are they spherous or are they no spherous? He says, yeah, but make sure you're speaking to the light in the spheres, not to the kalim. The kalim are the structures. You're looking for the light in the structure, not for the structure. And he gives an example. He says, you have water. You pour water into a red bowl, a green bowl, a yellow bowl, a blue bowl. The water looks blue, but the water is not blue. The water is not red. Water is The color of water is the color of water. It didn't change. But the vessel gives it a blue appearance, a green appearance, a red appearance. But the water itself didn't change. That's what the Pardis means, a love. You always speak to the Ur. Either seven names, and the names are the different spheres, but don't get focused on the vessel, on the channel, on the blue or the green. You focus on the water, which is always simple, which is not defined by a color. Let me give another example. Electricity. There's the way electricity helps you, ref- makes your refrigerator function as a refrigerator. There's the way electricity has your vacuum cleaner function as a vacuum cleaner, and has your computer function as a computer, and has the video camera functioning as a video camera or not. Is there a difference in the electricity? No. It's the difference in the vessel. If I plugged in a video camera, or I plugged in a phone, or I plugged in a laptop, I plugged in a refrigerator, or I plugged in an air conditioner, I plugged in a vacuum cleaner. But it's doing different things. The vacuum cleaner doesn't do what an air conditioner does. The video camera doesn't do what the, the, the laptop does. The, the electricity didn't change. electricity could have changed. Not really. No, if you think about there's different voltages. Right, right, okay. Right. But, but, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. I'm just bringing out this concept. So the are says, a love. Look at the electricity. Don't focus on the refrigerator. So you'll say, yeah, but Hashem does so many different and opposite things in the world. All the spheres, all the names. That's the difference is the vessels. It's the channels with which the energy, when the electricity is fueling, right? And giving gas and giving energy to a computer. It has a different impact than the refrigerator because of the chemistry of the refrigerator and the chemistry of the computer, but not the air. So a love, a, love, a love of the paradise says is, always focus on the ur, don't focus on the kalim. The kalim, that's where there's differentiation, there's structure, there's finiteness, that's where all the diversity comes from. But you want to focus on what? on the divine revelation, the divine electricity, so to speak, the water that is colorless. That's a love Eloy Lomid And his argument is very simple. God is not finite. God is infinite. I, Hashem creates a finite world. Of course. When the electricity hits the laptop, it produces one function, and a laptop can't do everything. Vacuum cleaner produces another function. Depends on the keli, but the keli is like a creation. You have somebody using tools, right? I use a hammer for one purpose. I use an axe for another purpose. I use a scissor for another purpose. It's the same person. But there's different effects. Why the different effects? Because here you he used a plier, and here you he used a hammer, and here you he used an axe, and here you he used your hands. <laughs> here you he used your hands. But the same person. Same person, the same energy. But it's the tool that you used. So the pardist says, what's a love? A love is the ur in the keli. Yeah. Is the ur and Hashem sounds? Ah? Huh? The ur and Hashem, are they completely sounds? Ah, oh, oh. So on this, there's expression in Zoyer, iyu vichayo echad. Hashem and his ur are one. Meaning the ur is like the reflection of infinity. So there is a very powerful oneness over there. Because the ayr represents, so to speak, the way infinity is expressing itself. And even when it's manifested in vessels, it remains infinite. So don't, you're not looking to, you're not speaking to, when you say Hashem's names. don't focus on the keli, he says. love Make sure you focus on the ayr, which is synonymous with the source. But not, yes, but not for this. It's going to get endless. So apparently not. In other words, here we're talking about infinity as no. Infinity is not a creation. No. So infinity is is is, is, is infinity, <laughs> right? But we don't call it nivra. We don't call it nivra. It's not nivra. Comes the balshamtiv, and says, "One second. There's a serious problem here. <laughs> What's the problem? Problem is. So why do we use different names of Hashem?" Darizal explains that all the names are only the kalim. The light is always yutke Vofke. If the Pardis is right, we only speak to the Ur, in other words, to the infinite God that infuses the kalim, not to the kalim, so why do we use different names in davening? You tell me names, and you say, oh, we're not talking to that God, (laughs) because that's not God. We don't talk to the hammer. We don't talk to the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> We're not talking to the laptop. We're not talking to the straw. We're talking to the source. So so why are all these seven names? Darizal says clearly that the seven names are only the kalim because the ayur is always one. yutke Vavkei. Oh, here's where the Balshem brought in a new idea which revolutionized everything. The Balshem said, do you remember that Rishimu that Darizal spoke about that Reb Chaim Vital didn't write down? That's the missing link here. What is that Rishimu? What is that Rishimu? So turn around, turn now, turn now, turn now to the, to, turn to the other side. A quote from Reb Meir Ibn Gabai, 15th century great Kabbalist of Oydas Just as he possesses the power of infinity, so does he possess the power of finiteness. For should you say that he possesses the power of infinity but does not possess the power of finiteness, you are detracting from his perfection. Example, this is the example that's brought to he doesn't say it, a good teacher is not the genius who overwhelms his students with his brilliance. Kav, line of infinite light. Rishimu, capacity for divine finiteness, infinity within the finite. Before you shut down on me completely, okay, give me two minutes, you'll get it. When something is infinite, and only infinite, it's quite finite. If it can't be finite, that's the greatest finiteness. Example of a teacher. You'll say he's the most brilliant, brilliant teacher in the world. How do you know he's so brilliant? Nobody understands a word that he ever says. He's actually not that brilliant. <laughs> you know why? Because ha- if you have to be brilliant, you're not that brilliant. You know how I know you're brilliant? If a five-year-old can understand you. That's what Reb Meir Ben-Gaber writes. Kach if Hashem is Ein Sof, He has the capacity for finiteness, just as He has the capacity for infinity. He has the capacity to to to, to hold back, just as He has the capacity to express Himself. Isn't that the wrong question? If He can create, He can create a limited thing. Or... It connects to that. Yeah. When the Arizal said, "Now, so when you say Hashem's infinity filled reality, there's nothing else, right? So there has to be a tzimtzum. When you speak about Hashem's infinity, what is that?" That's infinite, but it's also his capacity for finiteness. But it's all part of his infinity. His infinity includes infinity and includes his capacity for finiteness. Now he wants a world. The world is going to be a reality outside of his infinity, at least in its own perception. So he creates a tzimtzum. So he withdraws his infinity. That's what he has to withdraw. But does he also have to withdraw his finiteness that he doesn't have to withdraw? Because that's not a contradiction to the world. God's capacity for finiteness doesn't undermine my reality. God's capacity for finiteness is capacity for boundaries. Yeah, it's fact. Let's give the example of a marriage. If I am the only reality in my home, I can't be married. The first thing I need to do is (laughs) tzimtzum. What's tzimtzum? Tzimtzum is create space for somebody else. That's why we betroth a woman through a ring. Take a look at the ring. What picture does the ring look like? Did you see a picture today that looks like the ring? You didn't? What did the ring look like? Did it look like this or not? Why? Why do we betroth the women through this? The Mishnah said, So give her a hundred bucks. You want a thousand bucks? of a thousand bucks. Rich man like you, twenty thousand bucks. But why a ring? <laughs> the Rambam doesn't mention a ring. The Rambam says one of the only times in Shulchan Aruch that the zayar is mentioned. The Rambam says the minigiz, we use a ring, and there's a reason in Zohar. One of the reasons is tsumtsum. <laughs> you want to get married. You need to create an empty space. (laughs) Boundaries. You exist. You know the t-shirt, right? I'm easy to get along with once you learn to worship me. But then, there's no relationship. So relationship is based on symptoms. That's the first step. So Hashem's capacity for infinity has to leave, has to be withdrawn, has to be concealed. There is a big argument, but it's not for today, if the tzimtzum is kipshutai, or not kipshutai. In other words, if he really withdrew himself, or it's just concealed. Uh, but that's, that's the sep- that's the separate subject. Not so separate, but it's not for now, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, but the capacity for finiteness that he never had to withdraw, you understand? That's the reshimu. So now let's use the words in Chabad Chesedes. There's Kaya Chabligvul of Ein Saif and there's Kaya HaGvul of Ein Saif. Kaya Chabligvul of Ein Saif is the capacity for infinity within infinity. Kaya Chagvulsheb Ein Saif is the capacity of finiteness within infinity. Before the Tzimtzum, they were one. It's all God's oneness. After the Tzimtzum, what's present in the void, in the empty space, the capacity for finiteness. That creates room for the worlds. Okay, now, Darizal says, he brings in a line from outside back into the circle. That's not the Rishimu. That's the Kav that comes from the infinity. Comes the Baal Shem and explains, the Kav is the Shoirish of Ur. And the Rishimu is the Shoirish of Kalim. We thought that Kalim is just creation. It's God using a hammer. what says, well, no. What the Arizal is teaching us is that the Kalim is as infinite as the ur. Just like the ur is God himself, because it's infinite, the kelim is also God himself. It's just Hashem expressing himself through not expressing himself. It's Hashem expressing himself through finiteness. Now, of course, you can't compare the kelim to the ur, because the ur screams God's infinity. And the Kaylee conceals God's infinity. But the source of the Kayle's silence is the infinity. Now, when the Kav comes back, the Kav introduces the Uir into reality. The Uir is bleakval. The Rishimu is the source of Kalim. When the Uyris and Kalim come together, you have the fusion of transcendence and finiteness. Uyr and Kaili. Comes the Balcemdam and says, you know what a love eloil midday means. A love eloil midday is the laqus in the Kailim. Because the Lakus in the Kailim is also Ain Soif. It's just the Ain Soif that's expressed in Kay the, the kus of the Kaili itself, not the laqus that fills the Kaili. That's the key. The laqus that fills the Kaylee, that's the Ur coming back into the Kaili. From the Kav, which is Bli Gvul. The Baal says it's the lakus. That is the that is the source of the keli itself outside of the oyer in the keli, not the revelation in the keli. The finiteness of the keli is einsof. Not the shape of the keli, but the origin of its, of its infinity. The shape of the keli itself, the finiteness of the keli originates in the yushimu, which is the infinity. Okay, not the ah oh, oh. So the bashan says, "What's a love with Don't get caught up in the keli. Get Ah, huh? lakus of the Kaili, the bleak wool of the Kaili. Don't get stuck in the structure. That's the Balshamtav. So you have the Pardus, you have the Balshemtiv. Essentially, you have Kabbalah and you have Chassidus. <laughs> this is not stamibus the Balshamtav set of art. <laughs> this creates a whole new focus in life. What do you have? What do you have from the pardus without the Balshamtav? What do you have from the Balshamtav? What was the what was the great revolution that Ksiddis revealed? God is Alts and Alts is gut. Einoid Mulvadae. That the finite is as infinite as the infinite. Not only that, yeah. in Khsidz Chabad has explained that in a way Rishimu <laughs> is deeper than the Kav. Why? There's an expression in Chabad Chassidus, Rishimu loinoga boi ha-tzimtzum. The Kav was affected by tzimtzum. He went out, so to speak. Rishimu was never affected by tzimtzum. In a way, Rishimu, which goes into the lowest place, is rooted in a deeper place. It wasn't affected by tzimtzum. Because it's not about revelation. It's the, it's the original as is. Nothing was affected. There was no, no change at all. Huh? Rishimu says that the world is never a contradiction to infinity, on the contrary. In many ways, it's a deeper manifestation of infinity. the way infinity becomes finite. What does this mean in a person's life? What's the Pardis? What's the Boshemtev? The Pardis is teaching, is, Pardis represents Kabbalah. Teresa Kabbalah. <laughs> and what Kabbalah basically taught, and we're not dealing here with contradictions. It's Elu Veilu It's different layers of revealing reality. There's the Chiddush of Kabbalah. There's the Chiddush of the Balshem The Chiddush of Kabbalah was, is the link to the infinite, to the Ein Soif. <clears throat> to be able to experience and to be in contact, so to speak, with the presence of Ein Soif. As the Ramak says... A love of midosov. What's a love of The iris inside the kalim. In other words, the kav. To be able to look and find the kav. And that's why Kabbalah is very much about transcendence. <laughs> What's transcendence? Transcendence is, you try to go out of your kalim as much as possible. Right? You know, you say, I raise again from the kalim. What's I raise again from the kalim? Where does that come from, that expression? It means love it Let me Get out of your Caleb. Get out of your vessels. And the more spiritual, the more transcendent, the more heavenly, the more divine, right? Because the more you touch, ain't safe. You want to get out of structure. You want to get out of the hammers and the nails <laughs> and the laptops and the refrigerators. You want electricity. Not of an avi who say, we don't have time for Caleb. It's too much. <laughs> we want to kiss God. So they kiss God and what happens? That's what it means they get drunk. They get drunk. They were alcoholics. Aaron couldn't put them in a 12-step program. They get drunk meaning they couldn't live in the the world of, 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 you know, fakeness, of of superficiality, of sobriety. (laughs) Good morning, yeah. Who has time for sobriety? It's politics. I don't want politics. I want infinity. The Errahaym says, they, 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 they did not stop themselves from kissing God. And when they kissed God, they became infinite. And when you become infinite, Nabyko spoke about the voltage. The voltage is too powerful. And what happens to the Kaylee? Boom, The Kaylee bursts and you go back to electricity. You know what happens to the refrigerator if you have too much voltage? What happens to the laptop? A spark goes off, right? You remember the old days when they they didn't do the shift of vultures and you went to Israel and you plugged in your tape recorder? You remember those days? Too much voltage, a spark goes up, and the keli is dead. Why? Too much air. Now, that was a. Now, let's understand what Kabbalah did. Kabbalah tried to reveal the infinity that's present in the world. The Baal came. What did the Baal do? The Balshamtiv taught a Jew, every aspect of God, you're eating and you're drinking and you're sleeping and you're working and your conversations, it's all an opportunity for dveikas. It's all an opportunity for avoidah sasha. The Baal Shem tev taught even that which is dark in your life, the struggles, the challenges, the adversity. We all know the vart of the Baal Shem it's already the famous song, V'anoichi has to ask ponem by right? Afilu bahasturah, how does it go? Afilu mitasturah betoy chasturah Anoichi has to ask God says it in the entire, Moshe Benu repeats, Hashem says, I'm going to conceal my face that day. So what does the Baal Shem say? I'm gonna conceal my face. In other words, you could say I'm gonna conceal my face. I won't be there. But even when I conceal my face, Anoichi, I'm there. I'm there. The Keli is also a luchos. It's also einsoif. It's also koyachagvul. What does kayli mean? Structure. But what does it mean even more? It means when there's something in your life that's not only structuring. Structure is good. What about something that that confines you? It shackles. It limits you. The ultimate kayli. You're a prisoner. You're facing something. You want to be free. You want to get out of it. How do you look at that? What does the Bosheshim tell you? Einoid <inaudible> Malvada. There's light there too. There's infinity there. God is right there. The concept of Shkocha that he always spoke about. Right? The leaf turning over. It's all divine providence. Every moment, every experience. There's no such a thing as a random mistake. The world is created every moment. The love is always present. So you see, you see how the Alter Rebbe says this in a few words. It's the in the kali of 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 essesphericus it's a love lullaby dose don't get caught up in the kali it's not the kali it's divine infinity it's divine love what does this mean in life you're facing a challenge don't get caught up in the in the software focus on the hardware focus on the chip even better in other words what is it it's divine infinite love that's embracing you it may be painful and that's also part of the divine energy. Doesn't mean it's not painful, it's painful. But you don't have to run away from anything. This revolutionized uh the Jewish world. This is what now when you say revolution, I don't mean really revolutionized, like it's a new thing. It means he emphasized it, he revealed it, he brought it out. That's the second stage, Ela You you're typhus here? You see how it comes together? So there's midas... There's a love. The Ramak says, remember, the Caleb are important. They create diversity, but don't get stuck in diversity. You go to the electricity, you go to the source. A love. You're saying Hashem's name. You go to the core, to the earth. To and says, but, there, but then why are there seven names? Ah, now I know why there are seven names. Because there are seven types of calam. <laughs> But I thought you said, a Elohim, So why are there seven? There's seven gods. Chasvisham, there's one! Rishimu. Because the Eir Hagvul, the Sherish of Kalim is also Ein So when you look at the seven Shemus, when you're looking at seven, what are you really looking at? You're looking at one. What do you mean? How could it be one and seven? That's the Kiddush of Rishimu. That infinity could be expressed in what? In structure and finiteness, so there's chesed and gvur, and tiferes and netzachaydi. So, so you don't have to connect to infinity only through infinity. You can connect to infinity through. It's finite. Through finiteness. What does this mean? When I'm milking my cow, when I'm milking my cow, or growing my sprouts, or mowing my lawn. Well, in the Barshamtiv's day, I wasn't mowing it, but I was working on my lawn, or shepherding my flock or even selling a building on Madison Avenue. In the contemporary, uh, this. When I'm eating or drinking or sleeping, engaged in intimacy, engaged in anything in the world, it's also an expression of a lakus. There's no You're never separate. And those are the things, I'm in a dark space. Anoichi has to ask, the Anoichi is always present. There's always love. There's always infinity. And you'll see all the teachings of the Balshem right vibrate with this. It's all. It's all this expression, to always see the oneness in everything, the dveikus in everything. And there were those who said the balshemtiv is minimizing the respect to Torah, because the balshemtiv is saying you could connect with God through every, everything. Right? What about learning? Now, of course, the balshemtiv was saying the exact opposite. The balshemtiv was saying is that when a person really learns Torah, the Torah ultimately allows them to find. The divinity in everything. Here's the mo- here's, here's a classic teaching of the Baal Shem that just captures it. The Gemara says in Brachas, From the day that the Baal was destroyed, Hashem only has in his world four cubits of halacha. In other words, there's no Baal Where is God? How did everybody understand that? You want to find Hashem, you go to Dalad Rama and that's what it means. Huh? In in, in base in, in the Blad Gemara in the Mishnah, that's where Hakadosh Baruch Hu is. Comes the Bal Shemtiv, and, and 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 this is an introduction to the next part, which we're going to continue. As Bal Shemtiv says, there's a deeper meaning. <laughs> it's quite daring. base hamikdash. Do you know what the symptom of Churban base hamikdash is? You know what the symptom of Chorben Beis HaMikdush is? That everybody thinks, Ein la Kodesh Baruch Hu, ba The symptom of the talking of Beis HaMikdush is that everybody thinks that God only has dalad ha'mash That's how you know the Beis HaMikdush was destroyed. That God only exists within the orbit of dalad ha'mash within that cocoon. That's Chorben Beis HaMikdush. If you were in touch with Beis HaMikdush, with the Shechina, ain't lo'yelah it movat. Now one second. How could the Baal Shem do this to this Gemara? <laughs> we know what the Gemara is saying. The is saying, <laughs> So the Alter Rebbe, this is step three. The Alter Rebbe who was called the Litvak, <laughs> when he came to the Magad, he was called the Litvak, and there was a reason he was called the Litvak. His, he and his teachings shows the synthesis of everything in this statement, if you learn Tanya chapter 34, he shows the integration of the two interpretations. In this particular case is, when you have the Dalat Amashel HaLacha, and you get that conscience, it's not the technical thing you want to when you infuse yourself with the Dalat Amashel HaLacha, then you could reveal in the whole world the Dalat Amashel Moshe was not negating what the Vashemtev was doing is, ah? Uh, yeah. Through the Dalai Ramah you could reveal ultimately, now there's stages. Sometimes a person has to remain in Dalai Ramah They're not ready for it. This was the homachloikas of Yosef and his brothers. We spoke many times, right? The brothers said, you have to remain in the Dalai Ramah. Yosef said, we have to take, we have to change the world. Yosef is the poiser, the toifer, the one that the, the, the poiser is the toifer. He, he sews it all together. So we see the stream of the pardas. We see the stream of the Balshamtif. Elu Veladiv chayim. Remember, there's something unique about Ur that Kalim don't have. Ur is revelation. Kalim is not revelation. And that was the power of the Balshamtif where there was no revelation to teach that everything is there. That was the Balshamtif. This is the Balshamtif. Where there's no revelation. Everything is there. What do you mean? There's nothing here. Everything is here. Just you have to learn about Rishimu. So it's not a mistake. Chas Shalom Darizal said one thing. Then there's a footnote. Then the Paita says one thing. It's it's as history progresses towards Geula, various layers of reality get revealed. Just like Torah, there's stages, right? There's Teresh B'Qsa, there's Teresh B'Apeh, there's Mishnah, there's Gemara, there's Talmud Yerushalmi, Talmud Bavli, there's Rabbanu Seva, there's Ga'inim, there's Rishonim, there's Achironim. It's not It's not a mistake. Why wasn't Mishnais written in the time of Moshe Rabbeinu? Why wasn't Gemara written in the time of Mishnayis? Why wasn't Nishrachonor written in the time of the Mishnah? There's a development of how it works based on the generation. And Lahavdil, parallels science, physics, how much gets revealed? Biology, ne- neurology, science, physics, psychology, chemistry, cosmology, Right now we're hitting uh, we're hitting heavy stuff. Now there's a lot of stuff going on. Soon uh, uh, there's, a, there's an atheistic uh, physicist who wrote uh, just a little while ago. He said, in twenty years, if you want to if you want to if you're going to want to talk about physics, you will stop using the language of mathematics. You're going to have to close your eyes and meditate. <laughs> You're going to have to go into a trance in order to understand physics. His point was that it's it's it, it, it's it's hitting a place of spirituality and paradox that you're not going to be able to have. It's not going to be mathematical anymore. He's talking about quantum mechanics. Everything is 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 it's, it's, it's freaky stuff. The point is, as history goes, the unity of everything comes out more and more and more. And every generation has its unique shlichus. It's not a mistake. The Ramak was revealing one aspect. The Balshem was revealing another aspect. Comes to Alter Rebbe and he says, but I'm going to tell you the literal interpretation. <laughs> What's the literal interpretation? The literal interpretation is essentially, what does the literal mean? Literal mean it's behind the Ramak and it's behind the Balshemtiv. It's underlying both of them and therefore there could be fusion, as, as, he, as he's going to explain. There, there could be fusion. And what does it mean, fusion? So that's going to be the the continuation of uh, of the mind. What fusion really means, and the deepest fusion happens in the name Tzva'ez, which contains the fusion of the ultimate paradoxes. As the maimer will continue to develop, Be'ezir Hashem, as uh, we will continue as well. Yeah, we'll continue Be'ezir Hashem next Sunday, same time, same place, nine thirty a.m. Everybody have a beautiful day and a beautiful week. We learned three lines, but remember this for next week, because if I'm gonna summarize this next week, it's gonna be another two hours. You're gonna be in trouble. So that brought a lot of things together like to take out the garbage and be happy about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you take out the garbage you're serving Hashem. You're aligned with Hashem. It's not it's not you, you went away. You you didn't go away from anything. Even when I go down into the most physical places, I am, I am, I, I could, I, I have to reveal the the the, the over there, and this is why the Tov brought such a simcha to Klal People associate chasidim with joy; they dance, they fabreng. So, you think because they they, they serve kugels, everybody gets excited. That's the that's the psilos. That's people who don't get it. You know, they're they're, modern, literature, learn, learn, learn. Okay, so you have to use your brain. Chassidim, you know, there's always another wedding, uh, uh, more action, you know, celebrity, you know, dinners, we're smoking, vachnach, you know, there's always a simcha, ashtetl, a mitzvah till four in the morning. That's, you know, the, (laughs) the is that the Baal what does simcha come from? Simcha comes from when you know who you are and what you have to do at the moment and you see the purposefulness and the meaningfulness and the infinite love in this moment, in this opportunity, your heart opens. The, 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 the simcha was the simcha of achtos Hashem, the simcha of oneness. It's not just, you know, I'm serving God, and I'm going to get Ganadin. but this world I'm subjugated, I'm an Eved. But it's not an Eved, it's, it's all oneness, it's Enoid Mulvadeh. So there's a joy in Avaida sasha because there's full dvaikas. And like And there's there's the positivity in every moment, there's this meaning, there's purpose. So you could you could dance. You could dance through life. So that was it wasn't just It came from a very powerful idea to reveal the lakus in every nekudah of life. The dvaikus in everything. Kirvas there's Dwekus and everything. The Shemdev used to say that he once met a Jew. They told him that there's a Jew who dances by Al-Khayt. Yom Kippur, he starts dancing. They said he was a crazy Meshuggah that he should stop him. The Baal Shem Tov used to say over, I asked him why he dances. The Baal Shem Tov loved what he said, because this, so he said, w- w- why should not I not? He said, you're confessing your sins. He said, I want to ask you a question. The king has a beautiful palace. A lot of people working in the palace. There's one person who's the minister, right, right, the, the second in command, the viceroy, the prime minister. You have other ministers, you have generals, you have commanders, you have the chefs in the palace. He says, you also have the janitor. What's his job? Job is to take a broom and to look for dirt and to sweep up the dirt and to clean the floor of the palace. So he said, just because he's dealing with the dirt, he doesn't dance? Of course he dances. He dances for the privilege that he could clean up the king's palace. He says, when I'm saying al-chet, I'm taking a broom, and I'm cleaning up the king's palace. Here's the palace. Why shouldn't they dance? Yeah. What, what was what, what was the vart? The vart was, you could focus, I'm a sinner, and I'm a bad person, and I don't want to get punished, I have to do tshuva. The would say, no, you're a You're the king. The king is inside of you. You're the palace. Sometimes you got to clean the palace from dirt, so why, why aren't you dancing? You Remember what you're cleaning. You're not cleaning a dirty shmata. You're cleaning a, a piece of God. Why are you not dancing? The focus wasn't on the dirt. What, now, if you want to take this, if you want to take this in Isis of, of Chabad Chsiddas, what is it? It's Rishimu. <laughs> That's Rishimu. You always have to see in the problem with a lot of people, the reason they don't understand is the vocabulary. You hear Rishimu, Kalim, Tzimtzum, Kav. The moment you can translate it, what is he really saying? What he's really saying is, don't see the dirt as dirt. The dirt is your opportunity to clean up the king's palace or to put it in very abstract terms. Kalim is rooted in the Koyach HaGvul of Einseif. It's also Eint I, Kalim are dark. They darken the light. They eclipse the light. They eclipse the light from an external perspective. From a deeper perspective, they're just here to reveal a different type of light. The light of finiteness. Different type of light. That's what it is. It's just a different. It's a different relationship. Sometimes God speaks to you through infinity, and sometimes He speaks to you through finiteness. He's also speaking to you. You don't have to understand. You have to feel it. <laughs> huh? Yeshimu, Yeshimu, yeah. Yeshimu le had Yeshimu was not affected by tzimtzum. Because Rishimu, Tsimtsum doesn't contradict Rishimu. Tsimtsum has a problem with Kav. (laughs) Tsimtsum fights Kav. Kav has to fight Tsimtsum. Tsimtsum says, excuse me, don't scream Einoid Mulvader. Kav says, Tsimtsum, you're a liar. Einoid Mulvader says, I was here before you. I was here before you. So Kav and Tsimtsum are busy fighting. And that's the struggle pre the Balshemtev. Balshemtev, all fighting stopped. You don't see any tension by him. There's no tension. It's like Ava well, What happened? When you go to Rishimu, there's no tension. Kav and the world are busy fighting. Okay? So now you'll say, so what do we need? The Pardus, let's just go to the Baal felt it ever said, no, 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 no. <laughs> the ultimate tide is not fragmented. It's the Pardus, the Baal ultimately it's all one. Go to the what do you need the Pardus for? Forget Kav, let Kav have a... Kav, you go back, we'll go with Rishimu then you could get then 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 you could also end up in the wrong places as he continues yeah, the calf definitely came back after it or was it left in there no the calf came back, came back. yeah that's why the picture is an empty space and then the calf comes back if the calf would have stayed then it would have never happened because then the bleakwall would have never left so it could never the calf has to leave everything has to leave and then it has to come back once it comes back it's already not the same because once the emptiness was created, now the kav doesn't destroy it anymore. The rishimu didn't have to leave because in the rishimu there's no tension. The, the problem, the problem, I'm saying problem as though it's uh, you know my patient. The, the, the rishimu was not my patient. The rishimu was God's energy. The challenge with rishimu is it's all concealment. The kav teaches you what rishimu is. <laughs> Without the Kav, Rishimu on its own could be dark. And we never embrace darkness for darkness. We embrace darkness as an opportunity for light. Shines light. The kav shines light on the dark. So the kav helps you illuminate you. This is also the difference of an Asham and Guf. Till the Tev, what do they say about the body? As much as you can get rid of it, get rid of it. <laughs> if you could fast a couple of years, even better. These were holy Jews. What was the point? The point is, Gashmias is the biggest problem. You want Ruchnias. You always quote the Pirkei Yavis. This world is a corridor. Get it through as fast as possible. Get to the palace. Okay, you're not allowed to kill yourself. You're not allowed to be another than But, you know, let's face it. This is not where the action is. Elam Habba, Elam Habba, Elam habba. The Baal Shemdu started to talk about Elam Hazza, Elam, haza, Elam haza. So if you don't understand the Boshemtiv, you say the Boshemtiv taught Jews to relax, to chill out, to celebrate. No, the Boshemtiv revealed the Kayacha of Atzmus of the Guf. When the Boshemtiv said stop fasting or don't mortify your body, he wasn't saying a simple thing. The Boshemtiv was revealing the emes that gashmi is just as ain't safe as the ruchni. That the goof is as holy as the neshama. In fact, the goof comes from Rishimu. And in a way, Rishimu is more divine than the kav, because the symptoms didn't affect it. That's why today, in therapy we know, the body holds the score. Much more than any other part. Used to be the main thing of therapy is conversations. We talk, we talk, we talk. Psychoanalysis, CBT, which are all good stuff. But today, everybody knows, no, 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 open up the body, it's all in the body, the body knows everything, the body knows everything, the body has everything, the body say, open up the body, let the body be, let the body release everything, and the body's trying to protect you more than anyone else. It's all in the body, the body has the essence, because the body wasn't affected by tzimtzum. In a way, the wisdom of the body is rooted in the ultimate truth, because it wasn't affected by tzimtzum, because it's concealed. When something has to be revealed, you can distort it. When something doesn't have to be revealed, it can't be distorted, because nobody, nobody can tamper with it. Because Rishimu doesn't have to be revealed, it retains its purity. I'm just showing you different streams of consciousness that all result from this line of the Alter Rebbe Mitzayim Kippur, when he said, The Pardis says, Oydis. The Rebbe the They're in the kalem. (laughs) They're lakus in the kalem. The kalim is midaisov. The lakus in the kalem is a love of loyla midaisov. Okay, so enough for today. Rabbi Yaakov, you understand? What I was saying is that the kav, the infinite light leaves the circle, the empty space. So now there's an empty Every second, but the, the, this is the process of creation. The way that Rizal says is that before creation, God, fi- God's infinite light filled everything. For creation to happen, he had to do a tzimtzum. What's the tzimtzum? Withdrawing the infinite light, leaving empty space. But then the footnote says, the but there was an imprint left. <laughs> yeah. But that Rizal says he withdrew everything, and then a little lo- a line came back in. But then the footnote says, but it didn't really leave. So then why are you bringing back the line? So this is the idea that the kav represents the infinite light that was introduced afterwards. I say afterwards, I don't mean in time. Afterwards, it doesn't mean in time. Afterward means in concept. Afterwards means just it's a s- another state of consciousness the also filtered through the The four oilamas are based on how much they experience of the calf. That sil experiences the light of the calf. That's why in Atsilis, there's no questions, there's oneness. Huh? My my, my son? One second, Mendel. Okay. At Atzilus is the is experiences the kav. Atzilus experience, experiences the bleak vol. That's why it's the world of achdos. Bria less, Yitzirah, less, and asiya we don't experience the kav. <laughs> we have to learn chsidas, and then we can begin to say that the so filter down. yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Filter down until it's completely eclipsed. Could be eclipsed, but rishimu is not eclipsed because it was it didn't have to be revealed. <laughs> The kav is eclipsed. The rishimu is always potent in every situation. You understand? Because rishimu is koychagvul. Koychabligvul is eclipsed. Koychagvul is not eclipsed. Yeah, Mendel. I have a question. So, according to the the, the, the when we say to Hashem's name, it's not referring to the kav. It's not referring to rishimu. When we say Hashem's name, the kavana is. The 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 kaya the kaya chagvul of ain soif, but it's ain soif. It's Hashem Himself. the not the not the In ain soif, the kaya chagvul is one with the Kayah habligvul. <laughs> the kelim differentiates. In ain soif, there's no difference. The parda says a love is the oiras in the kelim, not the kelim so itself, which is the oira kaf, which is ain soif. The Baal Shem-tuf says it's the Eira of the Keli itself. It's the Eira ain't safe of the Keli, which is the Rishimah. So the Baal Shem-tuf argues with the Pardis. Does not mask him of the Pardis? Um, I don't usually use the word argue in these areas. The, the, he's most of a deeper layer. It's Because because the Pardis is right. Because the Keli is Helen. I agree with this. The Pardis said it's not the Rishimah. the That's the Rishimah. But we, we it's a level Reel In other words, there's, there's a layer, you're right, on a, there's a layer of Ishtashlus where the Pardus is right. Then there's a deeper layer where the Baal is right. So you go, you'll go with Al-Terebbe. We'll see. The Al-Terebbe, the next step is, Alter Rebbe says before the Al-Terebbe says Atmos. So then you, you, you follow the Baal <laughs> You'll be good with the Baal Shem Not like the Pardis. Right. No, no, no. You can't get to the Baal Shem if you wouldn't go through the Pardus. You can't jump to Kalem without, oy. you can't be Megalod the Miles HaGuf without the Neshama, like the Rebbe says in so many of my modern and Sikhs. There was a reason Kabbalah came before Chsidis. You can't jump to the Guf without the Neshama, because then you can get Nitfis in the Gashmi and in the Chumri. You understand? The goof is Megala, the Mailas HaNeshama, and through the guf, the Sikha of Lamed Beis, the pchira is in the guf. But who tells the guf about the pchira? the Neshama? You remember the Sikha Chafav Lamed Beis? Wow. You're right. But the Baal Shem is not my Chumris. But the Baal Shem is, when I look at Chumris, I see Chumris. When I have a Taiva, I have a Taiva. That's where you have to have the discipline, the Bittal, the... You get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I understand. So the Mela and the Vassant Al-Tarab like Mechaber, just goes beyond everyone with Atmos, that's like... Because he goes deeper, because he goes to Atmos, he could be Mechaber. That's Chesediz Chabad. this Chabad is the Kaav and the Rishim ultimately coming together. No, that's shas to Tzuvah Sarevosh. And the Vassant Al-Tarab means... Don't get complicated. Speak to Hashem directly like a child. That everybody says, I love Elohim do Yisov. But what's Pshat? So the pirate says, it's the Nikudav E. Er. The Baal Shem Tov says, I love this, was even in Kalim? The Rebbe said in the Maimon, and the Dal, the Rebbe was Megala, what's behind the Baal Shem Tov and what's behind the Ramak? He wasn't arguing with the Ramak and the Baal Shem Tov. He said, there's Nishchelech al Rabbi, chas v'shalom. What's the Pneumius of it? The Pneumius of it is atzmos, as we'll see. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And your own. Your Atmos with Hashem's at-smus. Take care, Mendel. Great to hear from you. I mean, yeah. You heard the whole Shia? Uh, yeah, from 11 o'clock. Okay. Okay, I'll see you later. Okay, bye bye. It's, it's Lachir of Mendel, huh? Between Eir and Nalukus? Oh, by pardes, he says the Oyer because, 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 Poshit, because it's not Oyer. The Pardis uses the word ayir er because it's the ayir er which is in the keli, which is the luchos in the keli. But the Baal he can't use the word ayir er, because <laughs> it's not the ayir er in the keli; it's it's it's, it's, very it's very, the, keli the keli itself. So it's the luchos of the keli itself. So it's, it's, it's like, we'll see. He explains later because the keli the has its no, no, no. It's the you could say the ayin in the yesh, or you could say the luchos of of the yesh itself, not the ayin. Oed is ayin, or, the, or, the, or yesh the yesh itself. Sure. The yesh, in the, in but not that's the, not the ayin and the yesh. The Baal is not the eid and the keli. I'll give you an example. There's the soul, there's the body, there's the soul. There's the soul in the body. And then there's the energy of the body itself outside of the soul. That's what the Baal was talking about. Not in the Shema. saying that it's all really one. Fine. But we're talking about that. It's really one. We're talking about the, the, the way people process it. Everything is one. Everything was one, and is one, and will be one. Including, including the, of the, the course. Physical. But the whole kavan of b'riya sa'elamis is that this achdus should be revealed within the human experience, right? Hashem is one. How, How I, not? I understand what Hashem is saying. I, I just don't understand. I'm how shoot. did they, how did they early the earlier ones sh- not, not see, like, cause the, the folk, the focus, the, the, the Gashmi was more considered as, as, uh, you know, clippus and a problem, it was more of a student. It's, it's like, it's like a problem. it's like having a problem without a back. How do you actually separate that? How does it? You don't, the Baal didn't teach new things. He, he was megalitz. B'choldruch Hechadei was a posak. Chol Masecha L'Hashem Shemayim is a Mishnah. It's a Pesach in Rambam and Shulchan Aruch. Simanay Rambam Hilkhes Day is Pey Da Gimel. Right? But Rosh was Megalit. He he revealed it. He emphasized. Let's put it. He accentuated it. He made it a Derech Hachayim. He brought it out. So you say, but why did he bring it? So that's why he was he was because he was Megalit. He's in the Kodesh, but it's always there. This is Yiddishkeit. It's not. Uh, it's I understand, but it does seem like in the earlier, like, listen, the, that the, the, the iron is the. It, if you it, read, if you read all the Sifrei Musar and Machshava before Chassidus and even Ad Hayaim outside of Chassidus, you'll see that Elam Hazah and Gashmiyus are, uh, are dismissed, and for a good reason, <laughs> and for a good reason. A good reason. For a good reason, yeah. From their perspective, there's a lot of corruption in this world. Uh, the best of but, but uh, how actually, how they actually differentiate infinity and 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 and, and, and finity? It is that you can't you, you, have. Okay, so you is, this is what the Baal so the, Shem Tov was teaching. The Baal the, Shem Tov was teaching fusion. We have to f- fusion, unity, oneness. Ultimately, all of Yiddish Kai teaches it. It's not that the Balshemtiv came and brought a new religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your like proof that the Baal Shem was successful <laughs> is your question. Let's it. You, you, you won't understand how it was before, because the Balshemtiv already existed. Exactly. <laughs> I was once teaching the P'sachim in yeshiva, first tayshvis. Tais says, since you're you could be mavatul chametz. you don't have to be Bidik, you could just say the chametz is Bottle. And you anyway have to do Bittl. it says Davav. So why do you need Dikas chametz? Why do have to be Bidik chametz? Let people five seconds get up and say, chametz is Hefker, it's offering. You don't have to keep people for a month cleaning their houses, or a week, or a day, whatever. And for Toisbe Shema Yavei If you're going to keep the Khamats in your house... You're going to might come to eat it, so that's what the chachamim said, "I don't care if you're bottle. you have to search and burn the chametz." So there was a bacher there; I'll never forget. His name was Shmuli, tired of bacher. He jumps up. He says, "Impossible! Nobody's going to eat the chametz. Who's going to eat chametz? You're going to go pesach and and and, and 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 eat chametz by mistake. Who's, nobody's going to eat chametz." And he was like, "This doesn't make sense." I said. Look at this. We could've, I could've never explained the Taishviz as well as you just did. The reason you jumped in, it's impossible to eat Chametz is why? Because we're going sugar for three months. Cleaning the closets. If the all, the preparation for Pesach would be five seconds. Everybody would get up 11.59 in the morning. By the way, all the Chametz is bottle and it's Hefke Dara. Done! <laughs> Let's go have a say You wouldn't jump up. And on the Chalamoyed, you would come down. You would come down and by mistake, you would take out a frozen pizza, right? To say a little chaim on Smiranov and that's by mistake. We're not talking about mazes, not talking about Juba Maza. Yeah. Because they drove you <laughs> mad when you grow up, B'dikas, bdikas, bdikas b'dikas. and you chat bhairam ubizduckam with a candle at night. We, we don't have to do it, What they do, they eradicate it. They eradicated the connection to the on Pesach. First taste. <laughs> so your questions are the same, Nakuda. We say Hashem is there, Hashem is there, Hashem is truly everywhere, up, up, um, down, down. Do you know that there were those who said that's Kfira? <laughs> if you say Tzim kibshuta, you're not allowed to say that. He's in the garbage. One of the the Yoshalavav says the king is in the garbage dump. How disgusting! How embarrassing! You take your father, you put him in a heap of garbage with refuse and 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 and, and fertilizer and dung. Hashem is truly everywhere. Really? In your dung? He is Today every of course Hashem is everywhere. Doesn't Meloy It's a posim. So Shemaim he's also a posit. His Hashgacha, he sees the dung, but he's not in the dung. He has a window he could see. I'm giving you an example. This is Sim Sam Kipshuta. Yeah. Tiv was not Gaita's Simpson Kipshuta. Al Telebah wasn't Gaitas Simpson Kipshutta. He said Simpson is Slai Kim Huh? and Rishimu B'chalein Nagabaya and even the Tzimtzum Sholei K'b'shut is only in the Oyer not in the Meir this we learned in daita. this class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. please help us continue the classes make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate